Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart as he irradiates the Aegean Sea in episode number 312. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Those are some big words for an open. (laughs) How are you guys? Those were some big words for a book. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of those in this. It was all Greek to me. (laughs) Um, Oh, did did yours get translated? I'm sorry. I'm well. I'm well. My allergies are acting up this week, but other than Uh that, I'm fine. Just in time for it to start warming up. I don't know what I'm allergic to because, yeah, it's not spring allergies, clearly. I'm just allergic to... Topeka, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm going to chalk it up to. Time to get out. You saw uh, we ranked fifth among most moved out of states, right? Yeah. Kansas, yeah. Yep. Way to go. <laughs> We're Lead- still five behind New Jersey. <laughs> Leading the nation so in that. some things. <laughs> Did you guys watch anything or do anything this week? We had my nephew's birthday today, so we went over and had cake and dinner. And well, di- we had dinner first, then cake, and then uh, of course it would have been cool to have it the other way. Dessert first. I'm sure he would have preferred yeah, it that way. Probably. Although I don't think I would have eaten as much spaghetti if I'd eaten cake first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and played apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. No, apples and apples. Apples to apples. Whatever that game is. That stupid game. I don't like it. <laughs> I won, but it's too subjective. There's no strategy. It's a stupid game. There's strategy. It's There's a lot of people that like it, I know, but it's a stupid game. <laughs> Never play your cards against humanity, then. I still want, but it's a stupid game. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, it's not for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it. I didn't, didn't do much this week. We went over to Sarah's parents because Audrey's birthday is tomorrow. Ah. Yeah, so fun. Me and him wound up getting in a big uh, Nerf gun fight, which is pretty fun, actually. <laughs> Did he get Nerf guns for his birthday? Uh, he got one, yeah. He has some, too. He has a lot. Well, the armory is an important room in the house. It, it, he pretty much has a huge armory. He needs one now. He went with his mom Black Friday shopping and bought this big gun, and then his dad got him the same gun for Christmas. So now he has one a gun at each place. <laughs> so he's fully stocked and heavily armed. <laughs> Who won? Uh, we, he said we had two matches and. We both won one. Oh, well. So he go. graciously let me win a match. Oh, well. Nice kid. Shows how much he's grown. Yeah. <laughs> a year ago or so, he wouldn't. I would have lost both of them for sure. <laughs> I just want that bazooka one. The, the, the What is it? The mortar? It's got, it looks like a football on the end, but the football's got all these darts sticking out of it, and you launch this thing, and it goes, toom, and then all these darts shoot out of it. It's like a cluster bomb. Ooh. And it's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could break things with that. How much is that one? I don't know. It's expensive. <laughs> it's outside my price, right? <laughs> well, the one Audi got was actually not a Nerf brand. It was a different one. And it was pretty powerful. It's claimed it could shoot up to 72 feet. Wow. And it stung a little bit. I'll tell you. <laughs> Especially when it hit you in the face. And not from 72 feet. <laughs> and not from 72 feet. <laughs> I guess that's the one that Audi used, huh? Yep. We also watched John Adams, the miniseries, this week. How is it? It's really good. It's done really well. It's over there on my shelf calling to me, uh, and I haven't watched it It's only seven episodes. I know. So it's pretty short. Was Uh, that on HBO? Yes, it was. Okay, so it's still on the It's on HBO Go. And it's actually available on Amazon Prime because it's been long enough. Paul Giamatti, my favorite president. I need to watch this. so good. Paul Giamatti's your favorite president? (laughs) In this he is. Ah. The aging they did on him was spectacular. Oh, he looks so realistic. Just incredible. We watched Haywire. 
Me. That movie? Yeah. Who's in that? Bunch of people and an unknown, <laughs> uh, an MMA fighter. But uh, it's a Soddenberg film, so I should have been, you know, oh, because I, I like his stuff. And, and it was stylishly done. It was just boring. Nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. Which is not good for an action film. Yeah, she kicked a lot of butt. It was kind of an artistic kung fu flick, but it just, I don't know. Mm. I think that's what he was going for, but I, we kind of sat there bored through most of it and then finished it and went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Cross that one off the list, done. Uh, watched a lot of TV. We're into season five of Next Gen now. Wow. Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. Such a great episode. Um, so you're almost done, really. Yeah, we're over halfway now. We finally watched the Sherlock Christmas special from last year, so I'm hoping that that's now going to make it into the rotation. And then uh, for the next three weeks, for the next three weeks, (laughs) and then depression (laughs) set (laughs) in. If there is a fifth season, I think I remember the movie you said that you thought you went to in the theater. Didn't you go see Fantastic Beasts a couple weeks ago? I did go see Fantastic Beasts. You're right. I remember that as I left it. I saw that you had checked into that. What'd you think? I liked it. Did We've all see seen it? it now. We've all seen it. It was fun. It wasn't. It wasn't Harry Potter fun, but you know, it was fun. It was. It was nice to kind of step back into that world, even though it was a little different. A lot of weird little things that I don't think I liked being on the American side of the pond that they felt the need to change. I think you talked about it, like the Muggles thing. Yeah, Muggles, Muggles being, being, being non mage. Non mage. Yeah. That just seemed, I don't know, wonky. And quite honestly, I think you were more bothered by that. The the I got over it after the first couple of times, but. I think it's weird that there's there's so many things like that that felt like they were done specifically to address the fact that we're in America, but then the president of the uh, Magic Guild is not only female but also black, which at that point in time seems like. I mean, eh, but for the magic. Society. Well, that's just it. If the magic uh, society is so enlightened, which I believe they are, I believe they're more en- more enlightened than Muggles would be. That everything else that they did that was so anachronistic because it's America seemed like it was a step backwards. I don't know. It just it's there was a lot of things that I kind of went that doesn't really fit. But I'm whatever. It's a Harry Potter movie. I enjoyed it, and I love Jacob. Jacob was the greatest (laughs) character ever, and I felt so bad when he got bam. Aww. I mean, they gave him a happy ending anyway, but it was like aww. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted him to stick around. (laughs) It's kind of a shame that. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to say that because it would be spoilers. Yeah, and that surprise cameo at the end. Yeah. Because I heard... Oh, yeah. I heard the news for movie two, and I kind of went, well, do we really need that? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently we do. And it also uh, explains why they were so adamant of the the casting choice. (laughs) It's true. They can't back out now. Nope. It's true. (laughs) It makes me wonder where they're going to go in the second one. Are we going to go back to England? Or is, are we going to find a reason to bring Newt back to America and continue the action there? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. I just kind of assumed it would still be in America. But it makes sense that it was, if it wasn't. Either maybe, way. Maybe it will go to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll have a whole new word for muggles. A whole new word for muggles <laughs> in Canada. Glenn's thinking of one right now. <laughs> the wheels are spinning. I'm trying to think of it. Um, I, I don't want to offend any kind of... No magic, sorry. <laughs> so what do you call magical people in Canada? Or would they just Hockey too- fans. <laughs> They'd probably just be too polite not to have a different word for them. <laughs> I played a lot of Xbox One. Rocket League and... Star Wars Battle 
Battlefront. How is the new Battlefront? That's cool. It's really good. It's fun. I like I, the the graphics are incredible, and I know I'm way behind the game because I came so late to the Xbox One. But the graphics look amazing, and I think the thing I like about this the most is they use a lot of settings from the universe. So you like the Bespin ones when you go through there and you actually walk through the uh, carbon freezing chamber. I mean, you, you're you're literally walk, walking in worlds. You're immersing yourself in these worlds of Star Wars, and it's just amazing just to see. You know, it seemed like the old Battlefront was the trappings of the planets, mm-hmm. but it wasn't yeah, the actual much. things that you saw in the films. Now it's you walk through actual places in the films, and it really get, has a feel for you know where you're at and what you, you go. I remember this in the film, and it's 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 cool. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. And I've been doing a lot of reading. Not just what we're reviewing this week, but I'm actually halfway through this book. I don't know if you guys know this about me. I absolutely love infographics. Infographics are my favorite thing on the internet. And you can hardly find any for Doctor Who. There's Every once in a while, someone puts one out. And I was listening to Radio Free Scarrow, and Stephen Stepanski was talking about this book that he got for Christmas. It's called Doctor Who, Who Graphica. And it sounded really cool. And he said he couldn't put it down. He just kept reading. He got it, and he like spent it. Out. Everybody was, you know, doing the Christmas stuff, and he was he was um, <coughs> had his nose in this book for an hour. The entire book is infographics huh. about Doctor Who. It is so cool, and there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of information in there. And I'm about halfway through it now, just reading it from cover to cover. I'm about halfway through now. It was just a really incredible book, and it's kind of part of my who haul because. I use Christmas money <laughs> to buy it on Amazon <laughs> after I heard about it, so I've uh, I've, I've uh, snapped it into my uh, hoo haul. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's really good. It's got viewing figures. It's got uh, it's got it's just everything you can think of companions. It's like a lot of comparisons. Uh, there's a there's a plethora of information that I think will help, especially when we're building things for podcasts like archive adversary archives, uh, companion archives, things like that. Uh, when we do special themed stuff, it's going to be really helpful in that. Each chapter is named a certain focus of something, but also each chapter contains stats for each of the doctors, and there are 12 chapters. And it goes all the way from Unearthly Child all the way to Husbands of River Song. The only thing that's not included in here so far is Return of Doctor Mysterio. So. Nice. Wow. Yeah, so when I'm done with it, if you guys want to borrow it, it's, it's, it, it, I really was one of those things when I got it, I thought, oh, this would be something I'd pick up every once in a while and flip through and look at things. As soon as I started reading it, I literally have gone big from page to page, 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 to, page, 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 page <laughs> to page to page to page, and it's 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 a lot of fun. So that's really cool. So besides reading my other material, what I do is I would read <laughs> the, the homework for the week for you know three or four chapters, and I put it down, and I go to this, and I pick this <laughs> up and read for you know. We went and saw La La Land. How is it? It's pretty good. Is it? I've, I, been, I've been hearing a lot of things. I don't think you'd like it, Glenn. Kinda... I think you'd like everything but the ending. It's Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. The beginning of it, and through most of it. Aren't those the two that did the notebook together? No. Crazy Stupid Love together. Ah. Where he gives her the, does the lift from 30 Games. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. But La La Land did win a record seven Golden Globes tonight. Oh, did it? Yeah, it's been cleaning up. Oh, wow. Uh, it's probably going to be know, a lot of... Things I've been reading about it, are, people are pretty soured on it. They didn't really? Think it was all that good. So. I, I, Sarah and I both really enjoyed huh. it. Maybe they didn't like the ending. Maybe the ending wasn't what they expected it Maybe to be. That's what it is, because it, it really, especially starts and through most of the movie, feels like a callback to the old sing and dance movies. Well, I would like it then. <laughs> I, you would, except I don't think you'd like the end. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought throughout most of it, I thought Glenn would love this movie. Then something happens, and I thought Glenn won't like the end. <laughs> He'll like everything but that. Yeah, I agree. 
Sometimes well, it's worth watching those kind of things for Well, especially if it's going to be Oscar-nominated, yeah. you're going to want to see it anyway. Oh, sure. So it's, it's one I'd highly recommend. Emma Stone does a fantastic job for it. It showcases her more than anything else. Ryan Gosling's kind of there doing his Ryan Gosling thing, but no heavy lifting, really. It's huh. all He's Emma not Stone. lifting her this He's time. He's not lifting her this time. <laughs> <laughs> not that I don't think Emma Stone has ever been heavy. <laughs> Sarah, I absolutely loved it. She she was the one that had been wanting to see it and wanting to see it, and it just finally came to our theater. We were about to make a trip special just to Kansas City to go see it when it finally came. So definitely go check it out. I'm have to check it out then. HBO got blanked. I, the Crown got at least two wins. I saw. Sorry, I'm looking up Golden Globe stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to beat Glenn on the Oscar thing this because, year because uh, so starting my research early. Because the Crown won, that meant Stranger Things did not win Best Series. I haven't seen The Crown yet, so I don't know if that's a justifiable win or not. But that's that's it's, as of right now on my side of the fence, it's a little tough to swallow that pill. <laughs> it's uh, it's more award bait than yeah, things. <laughs> <I'll give> you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about uh, La La Land is it feels very tailored. The, the to Academy be an Oscar will film? like it yeah. because it's about trying to get into the film industry uh, part of it. Uh, kind of like why I think partially Birdman won was because that theater aspect of it that appealed to the Academy. Hollywood likes movies Which about to Hollywood. Yeah. So. yeah. Argo. Yes. The artist. Greatest show on earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Candy Jar Books have announced the Lethbridge Stewart short story collection for pre-order Havoc Files 3. Yes! Yay! <laughs> so Collecting excited. stories from late 2016 in print for the first time and brand new exclusive material. Yay. So this is, by the way, breaking news. This yes. is so far exclusive to us. Now, depending on how soon we get this podcast out, <laughs> we may actually be break this before, before the uh, press release comes out. So in it will contain five stories only previously available in digital format. The Last Duty, Eve of the Fomorians, <laughs> The Wishing Bazaar, The Feast of Evans, A Ford and A Home for Christmas. It also contains exclusive brand new stories, including Episode 2 of the three-part novella, Yay. The Lost Skin. So still no resolution. That's good, news, good, bad, good and bad news, <laughs> and because bad. we get the next installment, but we still have to wait. The Belitto Cadets and the Baldman of Pengriffin, written by Tim Gambrell, and a story written by our own Sean Collins. Yay! You're making that up. <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. Slouching towards debt sin. Can you talk about this a little bit, John? Um, yeah, I can. Uh, I pestered Andy and begged, basically, to find out how the, uh, the the author thing works for for Candy Jar, since they were soliciting new authors. And he was gracious enough to give me an opportunity to pitch something, and I did. And he didn't like it, and I don't blame him because it was terrible. And then uh, he he made this suggestion for doing something with with Professor Travers returning to debt sin, and I went, ooh, okay. So I. Uh, I wrote, a, I wrote a thing. It didn't work quite on its own as well as I think Robbie would, it probably should have. He liked it enough that it's going to become the prologue to his next book, Night of the Intelligence. And uh, so then they uh, spun that off separately and are all still going to release it as part of uh, the Havoc Files 3. And I'm kind of beside myself with <laughs> <laughs> with a gleeful excitement. That'll so. be one that just, that just Keith and I will review. Yeah, I don't feel like I can review that one. But I don't know if you can be objective about it. You, <laughs> he you, might be harsher on it than we uh, would be. That's true. He might be. You, you do have an in with the author if you want an interview. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
think we'll, you think skip, Andy will talk? I think we'll skip that one. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> well, we're not gonna, dun, dun. Sorry, guys, we ran out of time this week. I guess we'll review it next time. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we could get Andy on to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Sean. Aww. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that uh, is really awesome. Writing, writing a prologue for a story, that's pretty amazing. So, And uh, what I'm most excited about is we actually knew that it was going to be a prologue. We kind of got a little intel on that. But uh, this was news to me tonight that they're actually going to break it out, and we get the prologue ahead of time in Havoc Files 3. So it becomes part of the short story collection. It does formulate as the prologue to Andy's book that comes out, but which they've done before, other Havoc Files have had prologues in them. Yeah, like Creatures in the Cave. Yeah, so we'll get a chance to review it for as part of this, and then we'll get a chance to see what the big picture unfolds on it. So so yeah. reserve your copy now, I say with no amount of humility. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it is a strictly limited print run. So you make sure you pre-order to make sure you get a copy. I should probably do that. You should. My mom's going to want one to hang on the fridge, so, you know... <laughs> It's going to take a big magnet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a clip magnet. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight stories in Havoc File 3, including the prologue by you and, of course, Andy. Of course, Andy. <laughs> I am very excited for you. It's static for you. I still am slightly more ecstatic for the Lost Skin episode. <laughs> well, mainly because I know where we're going with that one so far. Aside from any editing that Andy may have done, we also may have gotten a sneak peek. Yeah, at we this. might have got a little bit of a sneak, but uh, you know, <laughs> the ed- the editing process on my end. So yes. yes, yes. But I'll be interested to see what you think of it now that it will be in a. A, a, a much fuller re- Andy really took what a, looking at it from my end I think Andy took what was kind of a skeletal structure and really added some meat to it especially knowing that it's going to lead into certain events that I might be privy to uh, <laughs> now no spoilers yeah, no I don't want any spoilers on that. Oh, I, I, I told him I was going to lord this over you guys for weeks <laughs> wait till you find out what happens yeah. um well, of course, I also promised him I wouldn't reveal anything, so it's an empty threat. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, all right. Um, I want I want to be completely purely. Yes. I'm proud of it, so hopefully uh, everybody will like it. I'm sure we will. I'm nervous now. I wasn't until you read that, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh wow, it's real now. Yeah. Huh? I'm gonna set my uh, cash aside for that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Cool. Any other news this week? Really not. <laughs> nope. There's really been nothing. That it's was been big enough quiet. news, though. We like that. Yes. Oh, and uh, hey, Time Eddie, folks, if you can't get John Peel back this year, local author available to come <laughs> <laughs> Okay. He's already going to be now, there. And we won't be able to fit in the dining room here where we're recording this. His head's getting so big. Let's move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback this week comes from Chrissy. She writes, Happy 2017. Dear Vortex Boys, I'm sitting here listening to your very Vortex Christmas special after having listened to your review of the Doctor Who Christmas special and hearing what you all got for Christmas. So, without further ado, here's my contribution to the Who Stash feedback. Who Stash? <laughs> who Stash feedback. Who Hall, but then who's, who's who Stash? Who's counting? I like Who Stash, too. Who Stash? Who, who stash? stash? Sounds like you like got it and then stashed it away. Well, she is. No, it's... Mine. You can't have it. You can't have it. It's my stash. <laughs> Only oh. to be brought out on special occasions. <laughs> we, we, we could open a, 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 there's the Doctor Who shop and the Doctor Who North America. We could open the Who stash. The Who stash. <laughs> Who stash sounds like, like something like, you know, that'd be a dark, Who's like P- Peter, Peter Capaldi's eyebrows on your lip or something. That's my Who stash. <laughs> 
Somebody <laughs> cosplay that. <laughs> it's code for the Brigadier. <laughs> oh, there you go. The moustache. There you go. <laughs> he had the Hoobal Bill. He had the moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she continues, I'll be honest, Doctor Who goodies were a bit thin on the ground for this Christmas for me. I did get the 12th Doctor Sonic Screwdriver, the new one that debuted in the Series 9, Ooh. which will go great with my 12th Doctor cosplay, provided that I can still fit in it when the convention season comes around. More on that in a bit. Jared and I also got matching t-shirts for my sister and brother-in-law that say, I believe in love at first episode, <laughs> and the O in love is a TARDIS. It's cute because our first date was watching episodes of Doctor Who after ordering pizza. The rest, as they say, is history. We also got the Funko Pop TARDIS and the Funko War Doctor picture attached, so you can see how the Doctor fits inside the TARDIS. It's quite cute. Speaking of Funko Pops, Glenn, Sean is absolutely right. Once you start collecting Funkos, you can't stop. (laughs) I bought my first Funko, which was Queen Elsa, and I vowed that was the only one I was ever going to get. A couple years later, there are a grand total of 59 (laughs) Funkos in my house. Granted, a lot of those are the ones Jared had collected before we started dating, and it's due to his influence that I've kept collecting them, and there are two of us doing the collecting, but still, it's an addiction. I've attached pictures for our entire collection. Well, the ones we have in the apartment. Jared has a few on his desk at work. So just be careful around those cute little guys and gals. They'll hook you. How many do you have, Sean? Do you know? Did you count up after reading her feedback? No. About 15 or 20, don't you? I, I, well, I Sure. <laughs> oh, did I end Thirty. Under shot. Forty. I, 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 I'm not. In, I'm not in Chrissy's range yet. Um, but I, I also didn't necessarily want. Why are forty? Two. I have forty-five. You didn't want to count. <laughs> yeah. Because I figured once I started counting, then it would be like, oh. <laughs> right now, I can still dismiss it as a dangerous fad and not an addiction. You know, because I don't know the actual number. Once I know the actual number, it'll be like, hi, my name is Sean, and I have a problem. <laughs> Funko popping on Funko pop, and it's like I said, most of them I could care less about. I walk into work, and we've got that huge oh, pyramid there are so table. Many of them there's now. so many of them now, and I walk in and I go, eh. But man, every now and then there's that one. It's like I gotta have this. Yeah. And I send Mel a picture, and I was like, I gotta have this, and she replies, You gotta have that. So I buy it. <laughs> I think we've got fifteen. That's just a round number in my head. I have two. <laughs> I have the Joker. Batman oh, yeah. no one, no one's crossover that I got in the, oh, in the loot box. crate. And then, I said, didn't like, last week you only had one? No, well, I had I had one before that, and Mason got me the oh, okay. doctor. So. Yeah. You're, you're still at Caitlin two. got uh, one for Christmas, too, I forgot to mention. She got uh, John from uh, uh, Sherlock. She continues, I'd like to give my take on the Doctor Who Christmas special, since I seem to have a bit of a different look at it than most others do. Maybe this is because it's been so long since we've had new Doctor Who, but I had so much fun watching the Christmas special this year. The dialogue and the writing was entertaining and clever and very enjoyable. I loved the jokes. I loved the humor. I loved the little shout-outs. I loved the characters. The Doctor was delightful, of course. But there was so much heart and care behind this story. I felt like it was a loving parody of the superhero genre rather than overtly trying to copy it. It was like the Doctor was poking fun at all the little quirks and tropes of superheroes that we love. But it was done in an affectionate way. Jared and I watched it on iTunes the day after Christmas, and we laughed through the whole thing. I watched it a second time on my own, and I still laughed and enjoyed myself watching it. Like I said, this could have simply been that without new Doctor Who for a year, and I just missed seeing 12's grumpy face on my screen. But I didn't have a problem with the episode at all. Something that just occurred to me, and I agree with her, that I think it's kind of, I, I felt that it was kind of a love letter to 
Superman, the movie, for one thing, for sure, and definitely Superman. also, as she said, it was it was a loving way of adapting the typical comic book story. But something that had occurred to me until the other day, and I meant to go back and watch this again so I could use another, put another set of analytical eyes on it. But something that occurred to me that I was going to look for was: didn't the ghost wear a mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of silly. <laughs> why why, why do we have to get the glasses on? Remember, there's even that really funny scene which I I chuckled at the time where he comes back from the rescue. And she turns around, and he doesn't have the glasses on. She doesn't notice it. And then the doctor puts the glasses on his face real quick. And it was quite funny. It didn't occur to me that it wouldn't matter whether he had his glasses on or not. He had wore a mask as a ghost. It's not like she would have recognized him. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if, if she would have, that's a very bad mask. Yeah. Because I, 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 I was looking at a picture of the, I think I had a desktop or something up. And I was looking at it, and I was like, wait, he wears a mask. Why does the glasses even matter? I mean, I know it's because of the Clark Kent Superman thing. They were having fun with that. Don't get me wrong. You would think but the glasses now it would make it more obvious. obvious. Yeah, now <laughs> it's like, whoa, why are the glasses so important to make sure he has them on? But I was just Maybe, maybe that was just an another, another Superman joke. Uh, I think I, it is. What it was, I think it yeah. is, but unfortunately, it's at, it's at the expense of realizing that later it didn't make any difference. Perhaps we can chalk that up to more of a production error than a, a script oversight. No. <laughs> oh, okay. He did screw up and Capaldi just played it off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess I should also announce this. If you buy, boys don't mind me sharing the news with your other listeners. We're all practically family, though, right? And remember how I said I wasn't sure I'd fit into my 12th Doctor cosplay by the time con season started? The reason is that we're expecting a baby. Yay! Yay! Congratulations, Chrissy. Yes. Due date is August 3rd. Could be up until August 10th. It's hard to pin these things down precisely. Yeah, don't even count on the 3rd or the 10th. (laughs) You never know. Jared and I are both excited and nervous. All those wonderful emotions. It's another thrilling chapter in our lives. And yes, I will be happy when the morning, afternoon, evening, nighttime, all day sickness is over. (laughs) That just wipes you out. I don't know why they call it morning sickness anymore. It just happens all day. Uh, because she, nobody wants to have the pukes. <laughs> <laughs> it's more polite, impolite company I, to it say It just should be pregnancy sickness or something. I mean, it's, it's not, it doesn't just happen in the morning. Holly's first trimester was in the morning, and she went, hey, it's the epitome of the morning sickness. And then her second trimester, she had it in the afternoon. And she was like, it's just shifting. <laughs> she didn't have much in her third trimester, though. Oh, so hopefully, hopefully, Chrissy, once you get past that third trimester... Or that maybe once you get into that second one. Why, once you get past that third trimester, I'm pretty sure they yeah, well, go away. Well, once you get past the third one, it'll go away. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty the sick, sure it the goes sickness away. no longer comes it, out of you. It comes out of the issue. Comes out of the new creature. <laughs> and then it's all day sickness too. Uh, she finishes with, "That's all I have for now. Here's looking to f- some wonderful and happy New Year for everybody. Take care, Chrissy." Now, Chrissy, I've got one p- problem with you. And, and I'll, I'll give you a pass since you're a multimedia journalist online and you're not a television journalist. However, you always lead with the biggest news. You <laughs> lead. You lead with the biggest news. <laughs> did you happen to see her, her Facebook post? I don't think I did. So she, she posted this thing on Facebook and it was, it was this video clip. Video clip. And she, I want to just, you know, throw, throw this out there. So here's the thing. And it was just a the, the video clip was a YouTube and Doctor Who funniest moments or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. So okay. naturally, yeah. when I see that title, I earmark it as something to watch later, right? Because right. it's not the big thing that I have to watch right. right now. So then I went and watched it, and it jumped into the middle of the video, like I don't know, a minute and a half, twelve minutes in, whatever of this. I did watch of this that. video, 
and it was the whole you swallowed a planet and eleven being you know eleven and Amy being huge. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just watched it and thought, did she help put this together? This is that's where I went I mean, with it. I, I still couldn't to figure this out point, why it started not, in the middle I, of the video. Even now that I've read, I've read this feedback before we came here, and I did, still didn't get it. So I, I, I just I kind of looked at it and went. Chrissy, did you help edit this? What is the? I don't, I don't understand the thing. <laughs> I did the same and I kind of skimmed through the rest of the video and went, "Eh, I wonder why it started in the middle." And I backed out, and then all of a sudden, these comments were, "Congratulations, blah blah blah." And I went, well, "I didn't are, look at the comments." What are they? <laughs> why are they? Why are they congratulating? Who are they? And that's when it finally went. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched it. And went. That was clever. Did she help edit that? That's okay. That, that's Ed, those were funny moments, and I didn't think anything about it until you just now said. Yep. Oh, sorry, Chrissy. It was lost on me. So, um, <laughs> had I not seen the comments before I watched the video, I probably wouldn't have caught it. I saw the congratulations comments, and I was like, "Why are well, they congratulating?" I saw her congratulations the- comments too, and thought they were congratulating her on a good job on the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. um Chrissy, that's why we didn't like Christmas special here, because that subtle humor goes right. (laughs) You were almost too clever. (laughs) We just didn't get it. But very much congratulations to the pair of you. You guys will make great parents. If you're, you know, looking for names, just throwing that out. Sean, Glenn, or Keith are all very good names. All acceptable. Or if you want to give the child three middle names, that would be great. <laughs> Something, Keith, Shannon, Glenn, and Sean. Something vortex. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Why is your baby's middle name vortex? <laughs> the child's name, middle name, is going to be number one fan. <laughs> Congratulations again, Chrissy. Yes. And Jared. Yes. He, he may have had something to do with it. He that. might have had something to do with it. I don't know if he listens, though. So <laughs> She can convey. That's true. Up next is Holly. Holly writes, happy 2017. It's been a while since we've had multiple feedbacks. Usually I sit here and wait and nothing happens. I don't get to read anything. <laughs> we can start with you having you read the feedback. I don't care. Hey, guys. Great episode of the new year. Loved your Facebook Live of the 2016 send-off. As for my who haul this year, or whose stash... <laughs> I got the dot to doc extreme dot to dot book, and I had to slow down to read that because I tripped over it several times uh, when I first read this. Why I'm calling it extreme is that some of the pages have up to a one thousand plus dots to connect. Wow! wow. Then there are the ones that are in the three to nine hundred range, <laughs> which is still a lot of dots. See, now, okay, hang on a second. How many dots are normally in a dot The Briggs mustache the, the, go up and down a lot. The adult coloring books, I get. I love they're, dots. They're, dots they're, they're up. cathartic. You can sit there and you can color, and it's just, it's very, you know, relaxing. And I loved to color when I was a kid, and I even carried it over. I sat down and colored with my kids when they were into coloring pages. I get that. Dot to dots, a thousand dots would frustrate the heck out of me. Where the heck is the, where's, where is seven? And I've got 9,993 more to go. Oh, I did that math in my head. Um, and, you know, it's just, oh, no, wait, what? 997. You didn't do that. Well, you did that. Math. I did it. I just added wrong. a decimal. <laughs> you, 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 the math was correct. You added a zero. I moved a decimal. <laughs> 
Um, I liked Dr. Lots growing up, so I... Did you? Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate I him. always preferred Ghost I didn't hate coloring. him, but I could just think... You know, they, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Uh, maybe this is why. Pizza Hut <laughs> used to have placemats, okay? On the backside of the placemats, things for kids to do. First place oh, yeah. in the world that did that was great because, you know, you have to wait on pizza. Something to do. Always look forward to the placemat. Turnover, mom gives me a pen. I go, I did a dot to dot at Pizza Hut that was missing the number 12. <laughs> I looked forever. My pizza got cold while I looked for the number 12. They had been... misprinted this and there was no number 12. My parents looked for the 12. There was no number 12. I think maybe I have been burned by Pizza Hut dot to dot. And that's why it would frustrate me. That's Can you imagine why. not finding number 12 on the 1,000 plus dot to dots? So was there a dot for number 12? No, there, just was no, there was there no was, dot. There was no, there was no 12. It went on to 13. And I, I didn't even do it because I, I can't do that. You can't go from 11 to 13. You, this you, picture you will think, be incomplete. You think they would have skipped 13, not 12. <laughs> Thirteen's unlucky. They do that building. <laughs> oh, they they have a thirteenth floor. That's a good point. No, this was twelve. I remember distinctly looking for twelve. Huh? Glenn, Glenn was very traumatized by this. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently so. <laughs> he does remember it too. Coming back to me. Thank God, dot to dots never come <laughs> You're up. You're gonna before. have a lot to talk about with your therapist. I am. I'm gonna have to go Monday morning now <laughs> talk to my therapist. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> the podcast brought back a regressed memory. Meanwhile, over here on my notepad, triggers. <laughs> <laughs> Dot, dot number 12. Dot. <laughs> number 12. Erase. It's a miracle you've made it through any of Capaldi's stories. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> the number 12. Yeah, you think it would. Oh, now it might. He was sitting over here like Keith, rocking in his chair, going, I can't. No. No, well, that, no, that's, no, that's because I can't leave eleven. I can't leave eleven. In his mind, he truly knows that oh, twelve is thirteen. <laughs> oh, or fourteen, I guess. So then, the, he he got through the because, episodes that were, because, that were actually 10, twelve. Ten was actually ten and eleven. Yes, and then, <laughs> twelve was actually no. I'm sorry. Yeah, ten was actually ten and eleven. Eleven was actually no, twelve. We got to count more, Doctor. And, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did Holly have more to read? Yeah, Holly did. Have <laughs> Sorry, Holly, I didn't mean to interrupt. Who math? I, dot to dot. <laughs> dot to dot. Uh, I also received a Doctor Who travel mug with a disappearing, reappearing TARDIS. And my last Doctor Who item was the Doctor Who Master of Time pinball table from the Pinball Arcade oh, app. Okay. <laughs> I was going, she got a Master of Time pinball table? Holy cow. Looking forward to hearing it. Now, I've, I've been... Is that is that the new one? I'm, I'm wrapped up in this book that I've been reading all week long, so I haven't touched any of my games. <laughs> I have to go look for this and download it now. Uh, Holly from Wisconsin. Picture. Somebody else read the next one and, uh, and look at the picture, and I'm going to download this game. Well, that was it, right? Yeah. I don't have any other yeah. feedback. Yeah, she, she just finished with looking forward to hearing everyone else's Doctor Who Christmas gifts. Oh, yeah. Holly, I've been staring at this picture of your mug for a week, and the TARDIS has not appeared. <laughs> <laughs> but you can really? see the outline I can see it. it. Nope. It's starting to materialize. Not there. It's starting to. It's or it just <laughs> disappeared. It's a tall mug, too. It is. Look at that. It's well, most travel mugs are. Oh, he did you, say travel mug. Because you got to also fit it in the cup holder so that well, plus you're, can't get If you're traveling, way. you're going a distance, so you it's want true. twice as much coffee. Is this video even playing? It's just is there a video? Here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 12? Triggers. Internet humor. <laughs> I don't see the 12. It's, it's a picture, Glenn. That was the joke. Oh, Thank you, thank Holly. You, Holly. Thanks, Holly. 
<laughs> we mentioned last week that the uh, we did mention the Goodreads book last week, but I'll, we re- I'll mention it again that it is the Legend of River Song. Have you started? I have not. Ah. I was finishing Blood of Atlantis. Oh right. Well, okay. <laughs> hey, I was reading two books at the same time. Of course, this one's kind of light reading, but <laughs> I it's more picture book. <laughs> Working overnights, my brain is just not what it used to be. And well, I so noticed I, you're, you're also reading Order of Phoenix, aren't you? Yeah, I've been reading that a lot to Sarah. Yeah. So. So I am reading two books. That's right. So, huh, I'm not going to add a third one. <laughs> Let me know uh, when you get to a certain page uh-huh. number, because I'm also reading Order of Phoenix to Mel. Oh, are you? But we've stalled out, not for any reason. What page just, number are you? I, I don't What, are you going to race him? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a healthy, re- that's a healthy competition. I can get back into it. Uh, well, it was right. Fantastic Beast got me back into pick up book five. Mel, Mel will be asleep on her pillow and be like, wake up, we got to get 20 pages done tonight to catch up with Keith. <laughs> I'm tired. Well, I don't care. I just checked in tonight so I can tell you what number we're on. <laughs> 397. I'm past you, so I've got some time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mel, go ahead and sleep. <laughs> Oh, if right. they would like to send us feedback or, or relate to more stories of their who hauls, how can they do that? Keith? Uh, you can send it by going to our website, travelinthevortex.com, and just click on the send us feedback tab there, or send it directly to feedback at travelinthevortex. Or, of course, you can reach out to us on any of the social media sites and send us feedback that way, like Time Lord Bid did last week. Yeah. Yay. Now, keep in mind that if you. Please give us a heads send, up of some way. If you send us something, if you want to DM us through Twitter, we have to be following you in order for us to get it. So true. make sure oh, that we are that following you. Yes, I didn't know that was DMs. a thing. Yes, I thought of that last week after we were done oh, recording. I didn't I thought, that. Oh gosh, yeah. So. Important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. All right, let's move on to our reviews. Starting with the Wishing Bazaar. Back from New York, Lethbridge Stewart is investigating one of the strangest cases that has come across his desk yet. Wishes are coming true, and if there's one thing Lethbridge Stewart doesn't believe in, it's magic. But what if he's wrong? Dun, dun, dun. This was enjoyable. I really liked this one. What I liked is kind of the disconnected feel of it it's kind of written in a way that it you don't quite know what's going on but it all binds together very nicely at the end when everything kind of comes to fruition because it's done in pieces it's done with this wish it starts with lethbridge stewart and bishop bishop saying you know you get the wish (laughs) what you've been wishing for because obviously he's been tracking this down you cut away to the couple in the car. You cut away to the you know the the different people that are getting their wishes granted. Interspersed between that is Lethbridge Stewart and what's happening, where he's how he's advancing and going to it. And but you don't quite know how all this fits together, other than the fact that all these people are getting wishes that are granted but are pretty detrimental to to them. Uh, you get the crazy guy that was digging, look, trying to find the money, and killed the landlord because he thought the landlord would take the money. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a very disconnected, but in a cool way, in a really neat way. Yeah, I would agree. I was able to pick up pretty early on that kind of how and where it was going, and I thoroughly enjoyed the entire ride there. I thought each of the wishes, the the way they had it fulfilled, was very interesting and very, I don't want to say dark, but oh, very, I think it was very, pretty dark. Very unique ways to do that, and. That's one of the things I really enjoyed about the story is I wish for nothing, so poof, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I That's not a way I would have thought of to grant that wish. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. It was really clever. I mean, for taking a um, kind of a basic premise, it's the monkey's paw. It's, it is the you monkey's know, paw, yeah. Uh, that, uh, and it's even brought up in the book, which I thought was clever. Yeah. But um, to put a slightly different spin on it, and initially I was really afraid that the choppy nature of the editing or, or of the story was, was going to be just detrimental, detrimental to, to it. it. Yeah. 
but it wasn't. It was. It, 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 it makes it, it work. Moved and it worked well, and I couldn't wait to get to the next segment. And the way it was done was was just very clever, and uh, and very very fun, and then very satisfying at the end that we got there. Oh, and we yeah. got the re- the reveal, and it was like cool. And I almost wondered if they weren't going to surprise us with maybe a, a reveal of another licensed character, because this entity that's granting wishes felt a little bit like the trickster from Sarah Jane yeah, Adventures. Yeah, and I was kind of like, are we going to go there? And then it didn't happen. I was okay with it. But <laughs> <laughs> And I love the resolution of it, of how they wound up resolving it. Utilizing the uh, man with, I can't remember the, 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 the rank, but he yeah. was uh, uh, he had dementia, he was old, had been playing chess. The, that was the, the only thing that he, that's the thing he looked forward to every day was playing chess because his that was the one thing his mind could still grasp and i thought that playing that off as the you know the the, the ultimate chess move at the end was was very cool in order to yeah. thwart the, yeah. the uh, wish wish master well i was trying to think of as we were going through it oh okay so what can they wish how, how can they get rid of this thing and what can they stop it and I, I never thought that wish would be the one that would do it i thought of i wish i i, I honestly thought they were going to go with a kind of a genie thing of I wish you had your freedom and no more can't grant you more wishes or something along those lines instead of I wish this never existed I think the other clever thing about it was the fact that the wishmaster screwed up because he granted the woman the wish to know everything yeah. and so the Lethbridge Stewart knew that he could get the information from her because she would know how because she was granted with the ability to know everything yeah. so that yeah. was really neat now, I thought this was a, uh, just a fun a fun little romp of a story. It was. It was, yeah, it was, it really it was, was a good time. Despite being a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> it was dark. It was one uh, of the more dark stories. I think that's one of the things I appreciated about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose the temptation probably would have been there in a way to, you know, we're dealing with wishes. We're dealing with wish granting. And despite the macabre nature of it, that it could have been goofy. You know, oh, yeah. it, could, it could have been, I want a pony. I want ice cream. It could have, it could have been this thing turned loose at a kid's, you know, birthday party. And played off as a farce, which would have been fine. It would have been interesting to see Lethbridge Stewart dealing with that kind of, you know, impish creature. But I, I liked the fact that it, it, it wasn't. It was a little darker, a little more adult, a little more, a little more who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, it's true. And it kind of prepares you for the body count you get in the uh, next story we're going to read. <laughs> <laughs> Could Atlantis really have arisen from the Aegean Sea? Lethbridge Stewart's nephew, Owen Vine, and a group of eco-protester friends are attempting to oppose an operation undertaken by Rolf Vorster, a ruthless South African mining magnate with its own private army, out to harvest as much Atlantean riches as he can. Lethbridge Stewart, along with Ann Travers, is called in to investigate a missing Russian submarine that appears to be connected to Atlantis. Recruiting the colorful, eccentric archaeologist Sonia Mantilla along the way, all the while Captain Boogie... Bugiyev. Bugiyev. Okay. And, <laughs> and an undercover Spetsnaz team are investigating the fate of their government's missing submarine, a complication that could light a major fuse on the Cold War. Meanwhile, Atlantis grows. Its reach is utterly inimical to human life. Bum, bum, bum. I really liked this story. I was... When I first started reading this, It, it this story... I'll say it as I phrased it on uh, Goodreads. It is a slow burn. It really is. Into a just firebomb of a story at the end. And (laughs) a lot of times, a lot of times, 
that's a bad thing because you tend to get bored with a story that feels like it's meandering but it's not even there's no there's no feeling of meandering it's it's really just this kind of intriguing build up i think when the the teams finally decide to come together is when it really just kicks off and just doesn't stop until the end but all of the build up and the lead up to it really really works it's 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 written so well for me the story really started to gel shortly after the attack on the beach and then the the people circles Sure. That sure. for me is when the story started to come together. All the pieces came together up to that point, and they were still working their way there. But that was the point where it felt more cohesive to me. And it's not I'd for agree lack. With that. I it, think that was the turning point. It's not for the lack of action in it because we do have the the massacre in the villa. Which oh I yeah, there's a amazing. lot going on. The kidnap of Owen. The, ki- the attempted kidnapping of Owen, which is after it is after the stones. Uh, but circles. but him on the boats. <clears throat> the uh, Anne Travers on the boat. When she's That's uh, utilizing, after. yeah, I know. I'm saying, but it's <laughs> okay. for not for lack of action before the big. I'm, I'm oh, saying oh, to the oh, team up. Okay. I'm saying yeah, to the big, the, the, the big end. action. Yeah, the where they, yeah. Because even even when you get to the the stone circle, there's still a lot of 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 build to the. I think to, for me, the the action that st- starts and doesn't stop is at the, is when they actually when the brigadier and his team are basically basically going it, into the uh, rig as a decoy. And the oh, yeah. Russians come and, and do the side attack, which I think works really well. But I, there are those moments of action that are going on uh, earlier on, even. So it's not for lack of action in that simmer. It's just it it really there's there's not a lot of uh, I mean there's a lot of story there, but there's just not a lot you know of of grab you you know keep keep you going to the next thing. Well, for for me, the first part of the story felt a little disjointed. While we were introduced to Kara and Paolo in the intro, not was it the prologue or was it chapter one where they they go approach the rig? Chapter and, one. Chapter one. Yeah, and Theo because the prologue and, was the submarine guys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It, and so following those other characters that we only just met in the intro, I I struggled with those parts of the story, kind of keeping track of okay, wait, who's Vorster? Who's the captain dude? When once. Owen gets separated and gets cat rescued by them. It took me a while to get a grasp of who everyone was and what was going on. It picked up a lot for me once we kind of got away from Kara and Paolo and Owen a little bit and focused more on the brig and that attack on the villa and all of that. That's yeah. when the story kind of started kicking off for me and started to work better for me as, See, as, I, as a big story. I think what, what worked well in the fact that there wasn't a lot going on before the villa is the fact that you don't... Fortunately, fortunately the author doesn't get you too vested in Kara and Paula because <laughs> their fate happens very early on. Oh, yeah. And, in fact, I think I would have probably maybe been a little upset with the fact that they don't make it because I the, he does a really good job of giving me enough of Kara and Paolo to make Owen be concerned because Owen's the one that I needed to care for. Not necessarily yeah, them, although you do, but not not as much as you do for Owen and his concern for them, which I think worked really well. I think had I learned more about Karen Paolo and he invested more in those characters, I might have thought differently about their their death. Not that I I'm, I'm being coarse and saying well, I don't care that they died, but I think I might have been it might have angered me had mm-hmm. they gone to that point, especially since we had enough 
of the book left to do after that. Now, again, they don't die, or we don't know that they die until yeah. after the nuke happens. However, there's at that point that I kind of figured no one's recovering from this, even though... Well, one's got to end tests the, the right weapon and it, it, in, in the ship kind of was yeah. Like, oh, yeah they're not coming back and she does make the comment that maybe there's a way i can reverse this but i have i'm, I'm out of I my balance time. here yeah. i need time and I, I i did have that little hint of okay maybe she will be able to rescue all these people but i i hadn't put it on the i hadn't put my hopes up that she would just yeah. because of that so Sean, did you feel that way about the first part of the book? I did. I, I felt it was a little disjointed. Okay, good. And so it wasn't I, just lack of sleep. Not necessarily. No, causing me to take it in wrong. I crammed <laughs> quite literally <laughs> to get this book done for tonight, and not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I started on Tuesday, but because of the disjointed nature of it, while I was <sighs> reading it, I didn't really feel like I was making much progress with it. And then, as of yesterday, I still had something like 188 pages to to go. And so I digested most of it over the weekend. Now, fortunately, the book hits that stride, and then all of a sudden it just accelerates and really takes off, which is great. And the pages just fly at that point. It is a page-turner once you get to a certain point. And I think part of the problem is Kara and Paolo. These were characters that, eh, they were okay, but they were really only there to get me invested in Owen and what he was up to with this. But then they separate them. And to give hints of what's happening with the... With, with the big bad, yeah. Off. Well, yeah. they're there the, to let us know that Vorster has some sort how he's controlling people. It's yes. basically is kind of our insight into how that process is working. Right. Um, but then they separate them. So, you know, Owen's off with the, the, the Russians, which is all great stuff. And that was very, you know, all right, cool. But I kind of almost forgot about them until we would go be back and be kind of spoon fed. Oh, here's the bad guy doing bad guy things. And it's like, oh. Well, and there for a while. I, I wish he was doing I, them to somebody I cared about. <laughs> I wasn't sure who exactly the bad guy was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be Vorster. And I think he, they probably did it on purpose this way. If it was going to be the captain or if it was going to be Vorster. I think Vorster set up pretty early. I, I, not not so much the captain. I, I, I think the captain played his role perfectly. But I'll get into that in a moment. I think the, the, the villain is very obviously Vorster or an alien control, in control yeah. influence yeah. partner that we haven't met yet that's working with Forrester. And then it turns out not to be that, which was great, I thought. But I don't, I don't want to take anything away from, from that. It was just, like you said, it, it was just kind of churning to get through that first part of it. But once we hit that accelerator, man, it took off. And it was probably even a little, I think you're right, Glenn, I think it was probably the scene at the, the attack of the villa is really where it went off. Now, fortunately... The rest of the book is populated with fantastic characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I love the, the, the whole book has great characters. The, the, the Signora. I thought she was great. <laughs> and her insistence on being called Signora. And I, I hope that she. Madam? No, it's Signora. <laughs> I, I hope that she comes around and comes back for future books and that they find a lot of archaeological things because I think she and. We never got the her and Ann Travers scene. Oh, it yeah. It was all done over notes and yeah. passing stuff. And I, I really think the two of them would have had a just a. You know. These are these are two forces that I want in the same room. Um, well, just how Lethbridge Stewart interacted with with the Senora, yeah, was just whew, and and so kind of needing the kit gloves with her particular brand of crazy, you know, and the cats <laughs> and everything. It was just like you could tell he was just and and then taking okay. such joy of other her correcting other people, yeah, about the Senora thing, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and they had some great interactions too. The brigand her just just across the board, especially at the villa, the, the, everything that they kind of went through in the setup. And it was initially a little, oh, the brig's going to be the long-suffering, you know, poor you guy, but not. And then you could tell they're kind of playing off each other a little bit, and the brig's not quite enjoying himself, but he's not 
the regimented military man that we normally get in these yeah, kinds of situations. Yeah, yeah. And he, he was a little more with the flow, like she was rubbing off on him. It was great. The Russian captain, the, oh, he's like my, my new favorite. He's my favorite, too. I love <laughs> I mean, not guy. just in this book, oh. but like in the entire life, with the exception of Chorley. He's probably my new favorite. I would agree. I would completely agree. Borgiev is the... Like I almost, I didn't picture. I pictured the demeanor and the authoritarianism of Sean Connery's character in Hunt for Red October. I didn't necessarily picture Sean Connery because I got right. the impression this guy was much younger. Yeah. But I, that was the that was the captain that I had. Is that picture in my head of that type of captain? And I just the 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 character is so strong and charismatic and just uh, just he really attracts me to that kind of character yeah and 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 that's one of the things that helps is the fact that because he is introduced so early and he leaps and once, once from he the page himself yeah you know and and even when he's kind of playing dumb with, with with owen and they're kind of feeling each other out and owen's a little more naive about you know <laughs> are you torture gonna torture me no this is dinner yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we made you soup. Yeah, <laughs> and I love how he repeats the line later. But did always you, feels. Did you him? No, we gave him soup. But like, always <laughs> feels in control of the situation. Oh, yeah. Even yes. though he's playing coy with with well, Owen his, his exchange at the end with Forster was fantastic. Yeah. He sways so far back and forth between extremely cold and calculating. But with a smile, yeah, you know that <laughs> he's just this guy. Is, you could do book, you could do book after book. You could do a whole book series on just this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm ready. Bring I'm it ready on. I want to read more of this a guy. Soviet unit. <laughs> yeah, and that that was the best payoff is that when he gets that folder and goes, "Yeah, we're behind. We need to set something up." Oh, and by the way, you're a major now. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming back. <laughs> the The beauty of this book is you start to think you know what's going to happen. And it takes an entirely different direction. And it's so refreshing because it's never predictable. Mm-hmm. There are moments where you go, okay, I saw that coming. But very, very rarely do you, do you read this book and go, I really thought it was going to go a whole different direction than it does. And it, every time you think you've got it figured out, it goes another way. And I thought, this is not the way I had pictured this book as I, as I was reading. Especially this, this, as I call it, the slow burn. Yeah. Because that really feels like it's going to set up the block for what's happening. And it, it takes turns. It t- oh, and escaping from the trunk. Never expected that to happen. I thought <laughs> I he totally would be on the rig was, and they would yeah. have to re- rescue yeah, him. Yeah, I totally thought that was when, the thing. I had no idea how they were, how Samson and, and uh, uh, the brig were going to get out of the situation of the villa. Oh, yeah. And with especially when uh, uh, the, the, the big bad uh, heavy henchman has uh, Senora Montilla in the headlock. And they really have no alternative. And then Moyev comes up and plugs it just out of nowhere. Had no idea. I never expected that. I knew Owen and Moyev were on their way to the villa. I knew that. You had told me that a chapter ago. But when he shows up, I was like, oh, yeah, one more thing to make me love this guy. And it's just as cold and calculated it was. And then later when Senora is like kind of going through her mind, you know, I, I was he, he was saved. He was, he was, it was very heroic. But she feels, you know torn because it was such a, a, a brutal way of a saving and when she's she says she, when she's bringing that up to him and she says you did save my life and he says yes and you're welcome I mean it was just <laughs> those responses yes yes you're welcome for that you know it's just like, he does it twice and I was like okay I really love this guy but just those those moments of surprises well, that I never saw coming human, humanizing moments too where he also kind of talks about yeah well, yeah, I don't tend to think about those things until I'm talking to a nice woman like you. Well, it's it's the it's the <laughs> it's divide like, oh, yeah. between the soldier and the and the human. Yeah. There was he recognized a hint that. of a, a a potential romance between those two, as weird and awkward as 
the, these characters are when they're walking down the hill back to the ship and she's kind of drawing him out a little bit but that whole conversation and he's like well yeah this that and the other and, and she you know says something about flattering goes no <laughs> just like oh never mind well, she's but then they have they have this just, there's this continual almost a romantic well, thing she's but not. such a strong female character she's mm-hmm. she's very driven she knows what she wants but it, it's almost like she melts a little bit about around boy if she can't be herself around boy Gaev, and i think that's why that comes around it comes across and i think you're right it's this those that, that conversation with them is one like she knows how to handle the break that's she's got that she's got that but she, she knows quite, how to handle the guy at the, yeah. at the villa she knows how to handle the host at the villa boom 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 and then this guy shows up and he's kind of throwing her for a little bit of but a loop. to be fair the brig doesn't know how to handle the, handle the captain either he's <laughs> No, that's true. In fact, I kind of I, I there was a part of me because I liked the captain so much. I kind of wish the brig had played ball a little easier and a little cooler instead of being so steadfast, dodgy with. Well, I've got to go get approval and I'm going to no, get authority. No, it was it was so in line with the brig. I know that's it was. what I like when you can capture the brig that I'm familiar with. That works, and that was I know dead was. on. That but was dead on because the captain was such a commanding leap from the page character and he had me on board i was ready to go storm the rig and like yeah let's go get him <laughs> we don't have anything but a suspicion doesn't matter let's go get him and the brig's like no i gotta go through channels and everything and i'm on i'm on the captain's side going dude come on <laughs> <laughs> no let's I, go storm I, the I, I loved that i love the fact that the brig was still it was perfect yeah, it was perfect but it, it just it made me want yeah let's go <laughs> this book i think i said this a little bit what was it with the plans? Grandfather infestation. But this, this, I, I will nail it with the, this is Doctor Who meets James Bond. This felt like an Ian Fleming novel with Doctor Who written into it. I mean, with elements of Doctor Who, not not the Doctor, obviously, wasn't there. This really felt like an Ian Fleming novel. And I love Ian Fleming's books. I've read almost all of them, and or James Bond books. And this really was just in line with that. It was, it from beginning to end, really felt like I was reading Ian Fleming. It was so good. So good. See, it reminded me a lot of um, The Abyss. Because we've got a missing sub at the beginning, and we've kind of got this underwater mystery and a Russian crew lurking around. And well, I think the, 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 those tropes were there. Yeah, definitely. Those, those, but I'm only familiar with the Bond movies versus the Ian Fleming. I've not read any of them, so that's maybe why I didn't have that association to make with it. Did you guys happen to notice the episode or the... Uh, the chapter titles? The chapter titles. Yeah. yeah. There were a few of them that I... So there were ones that were obvious. They're, they're for, the, for the listener, they're Doctor Who titles. They're Doctor Who episode titles. Or story or, titles, I should say. All of them. But, well, the thing is, there is one or two that I... There's some that I went, okay, I figured that one out because they've been reworked. There was one or two that I... There's some that are... There are ones that are obvious. I mean, they're exactly what oh, I Oh, yeah. Guess. Edge of Destruction. Edge of Destruction. Uh, Myth Makers. The Savages. Those kind of things. Underwater Menace. Underwater Menace. Um, yeah. Which, <laughs> which, which, yeah. Uh, then you've got ones like Flight Time, which obviously is just flopping time flight backwards. Fury from the Deep was definitely a... Visitation. Straight visitation of one. Chase was one. Rescue. The only one I didn't get was Kidnap. There was another one, though. Uh, sea Devils was definitely one. There's one that I really noticed the reworking more. Battle of Wits. To the TARDIS Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Massacre. The Unwilling Warriors. I'm assuming some of these are individual episode titles. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Time Meddler Episode 3 was Battle of Wits. Okay, my other one was The Unwilling Warriors. So that one then probably is another one where it was an individual episode title for in the early days. Unwilling yeah. Warriors is from the Censorites. The Santorini okay. experiment. That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. 
Yeah, very clever. I, every time I get to a new chapter, I was actually excited to get to a new chapter because I was like, Ooh, what are they going to do next? And or truck. The great thing was uh, A Bargain of Necessity. That was another one that it must have been a uh, Doctor Who title that was episodic instead of story-based. A Bargain of Necessity. If I could spell bargain right. Reign of Terror. Okay, so if I had done a little deeper research. <laughs> I, wa- I, I did Earthshock was one, too. I had sort of... Master uh, Plan. Yeah, Master Plan. I- anyway, very, very clever that the, the titles are actually titles of Doctor Who stories. Epilogue. I'm not sure what that is. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, then there was Prologue. There was a too. Prologue, yeah. too. Those, I think, are the only two that don't really work for me. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a nice little touch, too. I mean, just it was almost a cherry on top because I liked this book so much. And then to name the chapter titles after Doctor Who stories, I was like, oh, that's even better. <laughs> I really appreciated how well balanced the all the characters were. Okay, I, I love Samson, and that he's really being brought up into the this big man of action role, and that he and the brig almost seem to share equal screen time uh, in a way because you know the brig send Samson everywhere. <laughs> go here, check this out. Go here and do well, kind of same thing with Bishop. Yeah. But I, 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 I do kind of wish those errands that he sent them on, aside from the one down to the beach, most of those were off page. I yeah. kind of wish that. Those characters, because I like them so much, that they weren't kind of relegated to back burner characters, including Ann Travers, who goes chapters and chapters and chapters without you hearing from. I almost forgot she was in the book by the time she showed back up. Well, and that was another thing. <laughs> but she's that, still given big moments. She and is, things and she's given do. a lot of is, stuff to do. That was gonna. That was that was gonna give me issue. Was they finally came back to her? It was more. It was a. It was a shorter time, and they finally came back to her when she got the things from that Senora had sent ahead in the ice yeah. cream tub, <laughs> and when she was testing those, and that that was a great scene. And then there's a big chunk of there's no Anne, and I thought, oh, you've really underutilized Anne. But then when Anne gets that one chapter of going on to the boat, I thought, okay, perfect. That was that was pretty. If uh, if I were to nitpick about anything at all in this book, because there's very few bad I can look at, but the one thing that I didn't like was I felt Anne was a little too begrudging of Lethbridge Stewart of dragging her along. I didn't have a problem with it at first that she was giving him the cold shoulder. That seemed to be dragged out just a little too long for me. Well, it, I thought she was being a little... It got it, it got to the point from the, uh, yes, Brig, you kind of deserve this too, and you're just being kind of childish now, is, is the way I felt about it. But admittedly, it, it we too don't know what's happening with Travers off page I would agree, but the Brigadier does kind game. of yeah. make the point that he... She, had the option that he didn't it wasn't like he just said you are going she begrudgingly goes oh, I thought he but didn't no, really I, give her it, the option. it's given the it's given the impression that she did have the I think she felt so duty bound that she made it seem like the drag the, the brigadier dragged her along but there is a point where he kind of says you know you you weren't forced on this plane and so again hmm. it's a little and, tiny and grudge i just think i felt that, that she dragged it out a little too distract her enough yeah I, I again i think they dragged out just a little too long. i was fine with it for a little bit then it came to the point where i was thinking okay you're just being a little childish now i understand you're you're concerned about your father and there's probably due cause to but you're really put you're really putting it to the brig a little too much now I mean, just back off a little bit is what I kind of felt. But that that was that's it. That's the only thing I can look at and go, oh, this was bad. <laughs> and it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't even that distracting. It didn't take me out of the story or anything. It just, I kept going. Okay, I I was I had some sympathy for you for a while, but now you're just being childish. But well, and I also thought Owen had a great 
another great Owen story. A lot of good stuff for him to do and a lot of growth for his character, I thought. I was a little concerned, actually, to be honest with you, that we had Owen as such a big part of The Forgotten Son. Owen becomes such a big part of Beast of Fang Rock. Owen becomes, and he almost becomes the fix-all as we go, which I'm fine early on. And then we we got Times Squared, and it's been it's been spaced out enough that Owen being this big, all powerful thing that kind of fixes things had had this gone that direction of yeah, he was I'm the fix all for too. it. I and I thought that was that was another one of those moments that I had this in my head that okay, Owen's going to be the. Or big, I can go talk to the, them and do this. And he's going to be all fix all for this. And I thought, that. oh, let's not do that. Let's not do it this soon. I'm fine if we went another two books and then Owen is is the big yeah. the the you know Owen is the doctor. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm fine with that, but but two back to back was going to be too much. And then to agree. take that yeah. that turning in, and I went, oh, okay, you just that was another thing that made me love this book so much is you made me think you were going to do that with Owen again and you didn't. And that was really good. <laughs> One of the things I, al- I also really liked about it was the fact that kind of like Showstoppers is it's a human kind of behind it and this alien that is being used by it to some extent. Like the, the, it's it's not the alien being in this isn't malevolent or evil. It's just doing what it does yeah. to propagate itself. Except for there's at some point in this book that you sort of feel like it's being used a little bit, and it's yeah. not, it, it it is, but it isn't because it's it's only being used to a certain point. It's until, allowing itself to be used exactly, to a point. and so there at one it's point not being abused like the cinema right. was. And yeah. one, being right. used. At one point, you sort of you feel sympathy for it. You think that oh, he's probably controlling it. He's got it captive because Owen has that well, image I think of it because in of chains. the cinema. We had that in our minds. Yeah, and I thought, oh, this poor thing, and and they're going to have to go rescue this thing. And then to find out later that when, especially when uh, uh, Boyev and, and Signora go down in the in yeah. the uh, vessel, and they realize that this is a trap, that this thing has set a decoy, the, uh, this Atlantic City is is basically a, a fake because it's taking what people want to, Atlantis to be, and the, and the fact that Vorster is actually keeping it in check. Yeah, exactly. And so then I was like, oh yeah, blow it up. <laughs> well, and, and it's it, a mutation. And I, I, but I never got the impression of malevolence from it or uh, evil from it. I, 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 Trap I is kind of a. It may have been. I, I didn't sentient, tell the. Tra- I didn't tell the trap because then I thought, okay, it it, it, that still it has somewhat animalistic it, because some animals will. Well, set traps. but still, but if an animal is setting a trap for you, then you're justified well, in your oh, reaction. Yeah. I, I was. Whereas, if, but that. up until that, if if they had bombed this thing because okay, it it just doesn't understand it, it's taken out. Okay, it, but, it, but it didn't, once it, it didn't once feel it, evil. Once to me. it has, it's the moment I am legend. Where the zombies set a trap, and he realizes, wait a minute, that's just yeah. forethought. This isn't survival anymore. This is, this this is, is, this is something else. Yeah. It was that kind of oh yeah, blow it up. <laughs> yeah, and that's another great moment too it's when they crest that ridge, point. and there's Atlantis, and it's exactly what you think it should be, and that's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> it was it was just so well, so because I kept reading the book going. How are you going to, you know, because like you, the destroyedness at the beginning, it almost felt like, how does the Atlantis thread fit into this? Yeah, I mean, the, the, it took a long time Monsters to get from there. Atlantis? Okay, oh, guess maybe, what? It's but, not even Atlantis. Yeah, <laughs> and then we get there and it's like, it's, it's, it's the Atlantis of Hollywood. And what do you mean? Like somebody built a fake set? Well, yeah, that's kind of what it's like. And I'm like, well, who would do that? Oh, yeah, it wasn't even. <laughs> as they reveal when the When she makes it, it's not even, was it Minoan? Uh, it's not even from Minoan basis or even Greek for that matter. It's like what people go to the Colosseum and they take back. That's what Greece was yeah. to them. That's what this is doing. And I thought, oh wow, 
Whoa. Fake Atlantis. Fake Atlantis. Everybody seems to already be figuring things out at the same time. It's not like Anne had to figure out the radiation thing. The uh, Senora and the captain already kind of had sussed out the radioactivity being a yeah. cure because of the one section of the, the, one sub, of the yeah. sub where the torpedoes were was not affected. And so I liked the fact that it didn't take and to completely unlock the key, but it was enough to convey to us early on, hey, this is going to be our fix. And then later, oh, well, these stories gel. So they're still sort of doing their own, you know, investigating and piecing the things together on both sides. And I thought that worked really well, too. Top marks. Top marks. Well, what we got come up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up next week on the schedule. Whoops. My schedule disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go to the website. There yeah, it is. It hasn't been posted on the website. I tried. It has not been posted on the website. <laughs> I, went, I know I got something to listen to. I'll go find out what I need to go to my collection and find. Oh, it's not on the website. It's not on the website. Luckily, no, this, this luckily week. we get a document every week or every time he updates it, so I went there. But. This week there will be an update to the website letting you all know what's on the schedule, but just so that uh, those listening know if you're interested in following along at home. This week for Friday Night Who, we are dipping into the Sylvester McCoy era with Dragonfire. Uh, and then our show next week, we will be doing Titan Comics, 12th Doctor, uh, Season 2, number 1 through 5. So we're going to start those. Uh, and then we will also be listening to Big Finish, number 74 in the main range, Live 34, which is a 7th Doctor story. Uh, the week after that, we're going to go to the 6th Doctor with the Ultimate Foe. And then uh, we'll be reviewing Titan Comics... 12th Doctor series 2, number 6 through 10, and going to the 8th Doctor uh, Adventures, season 2, number 5, Grand Theft Cosmos. And then a little surprise, uh, Friday night, we'll go do one more. Friday night, who the following week, we're doing the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. <laughs> Why is that, Sean? Because we're going to do an adversary archive of the Zygons. Yay! Uh, we're going to uh, finish up the second part, kind of, of the uh, Eighth Doctor, because uh, I always do the Eighth Doctor adventures in two part, or, or you know, two stories together. Uh, and so the second one is the Zygon who fell to Earth. Well, I oh, couldn't well. do that in the previous one; that just wouldn't work. And then we're going to kind of do a side step. We're going into an <laughs> area we've never been on the show. That's for sure. I mean, we've sort of skirted into the type of territory, but this is quite different. Tell us a little bit about it, Glenn. Well, it's uh, Zygon. What's the subtitle of that? Zygon. Zygon. When being you just isn't enough. <laughs> Which, if people don't know, this was, I think, what we equate to a fan film, but it's professionally done. Uh, it is a Doctor Who spinoff material that is um, very adult. There is a lot of adult content in it. So for the young listeners on the show, that's is one that parents need to keep you away from because there are some adult content within this show but we're going to observe it they're going to take a look at it we're going to give our impression because it is part of the doctor who universe we want to see what they decided to do uh with it give our impressions on it so it'll be well you know, obviously this will still be a pg show but uh we will be or will we it? will to be we will be tackling some material that is is adult and is very adult so but more uh, more on those as we uh, we go and we'll get that uploaded and of course we're, we're 
back into that. We, we just got out of that weird time frame scheduling-wise where, you know, Power of the Daleks was causing us some issues and we didn't know for sure leading up to Christmas. And then we're going to kind of get a nice, solid two-month run where we can pretty much assure you this is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the new season's going to start sometime around, oh, Easter Saturday. So uh, We'll be back into that. We'll, well be back into sure that. We're not sure what we're doing yet. <laughs> but we'll, we'll keep you praised as best we can, so bear with us on those. Um, if you would like to support us on Patreon, we'd appreciate that. You can do a uh, revolving donation from month to month, and all of that support goes right into this podcast. If you are already supporting us on Patreon, we thank you very much, and we thank you for your continued support. I think on Patreon you can do a one-time pledge as well, which uh, that is very much appreciated. Uh, and, of course, you can support us in other ways by going to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and on the right-hand side of the screen there are some links that you can click through, and a portion of those proceeds also go into this show. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we close this one out, gentlemen? I don't believe so. I don't think so. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.